Up next is the Ultimate Secret Chase Keeper card. The Ultimate Secret Chase Keeper card is the... Welcome to the Fly Free MD Podcast, a physician's guide to points and miles. I'm your host, Dustin Frutzinger. Take me to somewhere I can't go. Looking out my window, staring at stars. It's been a long, long road to knock on your door. Back in 1984. Welcome to episode 32 of the Fly Free MD podcast. This episode, Keeper Cards, Chase Ultimate Reward and Hotel Edition. Before we get into the main part of the episode, I want to read a quick review. This review is on Apple Podcast and it is from... Yusip, not sure if I'm pronouncing your name uh, correctly. Apologize if that is way off. Uh, but they go on to say, Great content. Explains things clearly and in depth without using a bunch of acronyms and buzzwords. One of my favorite travel and points-related podcasts. Thanks so much for the time you put into educating us and to provide a mechanism that we can learn from your wins and misses. Keep it up. Thank you very much for that review. I really appreciate it. It's really encouraging uh, to get reviews on Apple Podcasts. It also helps others find the show. It helps with Apple's algorithm to suggest the show to others when they are searching for points and miles related shows. If you are a return listener and have gotten any value out of any previous episodes, I'd really encourage you to uh, hit the pause button and leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcast. Really helps the show out. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. Uh, I'll let you listen to this episode and maybe a couple more. Uh, and if you are getting value out of this show, I'd ask you to just return the favor and leave a quick rating and review. Again, it's really helpful for the podcast. All right, now let's talk about keeper cards. All right, for those of us in the points and miles hobby, the most value from most cards we get from that first year. This is the year where you have a large sign-up bonus that generates a lot of points. And after that year, you're continuing to pay the annual fee. You may be getting some benefits, but you're not getting this giant sign-up bonus each year. So it's much like a subscription model where you get a discount for the first year, uh, but if you forget to cancel, you get charged a higher fee each year to continue service, whether that's internet or cable or satellite TV, things like that. Similarly, this first year sign-up bonus is where you're getting the outsized value from the card, and if you don't cancel it, you'll be charged an annual fee for each year going forward, and you may or may not be getting enough value to compensate for that fee. So when the one-year mark hits on a new card, you have 30 days to cancel for a full refund of the annual fee. Even 
If you determine that this card is a keeper, and we'll talk more about that in just a minute, how do you make that determination? Even if you determine that it's a keeper, then you should still seek a retention offer. It doesn't hurt to go online or a quick phone call, depending on the bank, and uh, ask for uh, a retention offer. Now, I wouldn't say, hey, do you have any retention offers? I would go about it by saying, you know, I'm considering canceling the card. I'm not sure if the benefits outweigh the annual fee, and they will often transfer you to someone in the retention office, and they will either be forthright and offer you a retention offer right away, or if there's not an immediate offer, you can say something like that you're considering canceling the card and ask if there are any offers that might make it more appealing to keep the card. Uh, Oftentimes you can get a retention, uh, which is just a uh, nice bonus if you were going to keep the card. And if you determine that it's not a keeper card and they don't offer you a good retention, then you have a couple of options. You can cancel it. You may be able to downgrade the card if there is a lower or no fee option. Or you can keep the card and try to squeeze as much value out of it uh, going forward as you can. A couple things to keep in mind. Keeping the card is better for your credit score when it comes to personal cards because it will increase the longevity of your credit, improve the average length of your credit. It will improve the utilization ratio. Uh, Canceling the card is actually bad for your credit. But at the same time, if you're paying $100, $200, even $700 for an annual fee and you're not getting that value out of it, canceling the card and maybe seeing your credit score go down by a few points uh, is not that big a deal compared to the annual fee. Another important point as we talk about the different benefits on cards that might make a card a keeper is it's not one size fits all. Not everyone is going to get the same amount of value from some of these cards. And so consider your personal situation and whether or not the benefits of an individual card outweigh the annual fee. I'm going to review some of the cards today, the cards that I think for most people make sense to keep, uh, but it still might not make sense for you in your situation. And then we'll listen to the end of the episode for the ultimate secret chase keeper card. All right, so let's get into the cards. First keeper card, choosing one of the premium ultimate reward generating cards. This could be the Chase Sapphire Preferred, Chase Sapphire Reserve, or the Business Inc. Preferred card. You need one of these cards to be able to transfer ultimate reward points generated on these cards or any of the ultimate reward generating cards to be able to transfer those points to transfer partners. Now, this makes these cards much more valuable because if you don't have one of these premium cards, you can just cash it out for one cent per point. Uh, But by transferring, you can often get much more value than that. Uh, Most of my ultimate reward points go to Hyatt where I get two or more cents per point and I'm able to unlock that benefit by having one of these premium ultimate reward generating cards. Now aside from the ability to transfer points to transfer partners, 
there's not really that great of an annual benefit each year that you pay off the annual fee for these cards. At least not enough of a benefit to completely offset the annual fee. Let's take a look at some of the credits that can sometimes offset it a bit. The Chase Sapphire Preferred, you get a $50 hotel credit for hotels booked through their portal, which are oftentimes a little bit elevated in price. And so I wouldn't value that at completely $50, but it's somewhere around that ballpark. And then there's $10 monthly GoPuff credit. I don't have GoPuff available around here. Uh, Maybe you do where you live and you're able to utilize these credits. And if so, then between the hotel credit and the GoPuff credit, maybe you are offsetting most or all of that $95. But for most of us, those credits aren't going to make this a keeper card on their own. How about the Chase Sapphire Reserve? Now, this has a $550 annual fee. The credits might reach that if you use them. Uh, The credits include a $300 travel credit, a $100 global entry fee credit, a $15 a month Instacart credit, and again, a $10 a month GoPuff credit. Now, if you value all of these at their maximum value and you're able to use them, then that's $700. However, you may have a different card that has global entry fee credit that you can use. The Instacart credit, GoPuff credit again, these are for services where you know the price of the goods are often inflated a little bit. You might have a delivery fee. There's tip to the deliver delivery person. And so, you know, these these small credits help offset a little bit if you're using these services anyway, but uh I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to use these services just because of these credits. And for that reason, I would not value these credits at their full 700 value. I would see them as actually far less than the $550 annual fee. So between these two, I personally would favor the Chase Sapphire Preferred. I actually did an episode a few episodes back comparing the two in more detail. Uh, But if you are looking for a keeper card, I would probably keep the cheaper annual fee card and keep it because I want to continue to have the ability to transfer points to transfer partners. So that is keeper card number one is the Chase Sapphire Preferred or one of the other premium ultimate reward generating cards that have an annual fee that unlock that benefit. All right, now let's look at hotel cards. Now, Chase has two Hyatt cards. There's rumors of a third card potentially in the works, which is exciting. It's going to be a premium card. There's been some surveys out that are kind of testing the market on the benefits. Uh, But for right now, we're not aware of what exactly the premium third Hyatt card may look like. So sticking with the cards that we have available right now. So the Hyatt Personal Card has a $95 annual fee, and each year you pay that fee, you get a free night certificate, category one to four, hotel night. Now, this almost always gets used at a higher than $95 value. In fact, usually I'm using this for a stay that costs two or $300, and so that far exceeds the annual fee that I pay each year which means as long as I don't forget 
and allow this annual free night certificate to expire, then I will get more value from that free night certificate than I pay in the annual fee. That is the definition of a keeper card. So the Hyatt personal card is a keeper card for me. The World of Hyatt business card, not a keeper card. You don't get a free night certificate with each year's annual fee. And there's not really any other benefits inherent to it that make it a keeper card for the majority of people. All right, let's move on to their Marriott hotel cards. So the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless card has a $95 annual fee. And each year you pay for that, you get a 35,000 point free night certificate. And that also is usually worth two to $300, which means the value of the free night certificate exceeds the value that you pay for the annual fee, making it a keeper card. Now, I don't think that the other two Chase Marriott cards are keeper cards. Interestingly, the Marriott Bonvoy Bountiful, which has a $250 annual fee, does not come with any free night certificate with the annual paying of that fee. You can spend a lot of money on the card and eventually get a free night certificate, um, but uh, you don't get one automatically each year by paying the fee, which is really unusual that their medium-priced boundless card would have the free night certificate that far exceeds the annual fee, while their expensive premium bountiful card does not. All right, so for Marriott cards from Chase, the Bonvoy Boundless is a keeper card. How about IHG, which is the other hotel that Chase has a co-branded card with? The IHG One Rewards Premier card has a $95 annual fee, and it comes with a 40,000-point free night certificate, also worth two to $300. It also, on top of that, has a $50 United Travel Bank cash credit each year, uh, making this uh, probably one of the best keeper cards of the bunch. As the 40,000-point free night certificate and the $50 United Travel Bank credit far exceeds the $99 annual fee. Interestingly, there is a parallel business card that has all the same perks as the personal card, including the free night certificate when you pay your annual fee, including the United Travel Bank credit, uh, making it one of the rare business keeper cards. So we have covered Chase's ultimate reward generating cards, at least the ones with the annual fee. We've covered the hotel cards from Hyatt, Marriott, and IHG. What's left is the airline cards. Uh, Chase has a lot of airline cards, and they're a little bit more complicated than just weighing the value of a free night certificate. So I am going to save that for a later episode, which means next is the ultimate secret Chase Keeper card. The ultimate secret Chase Keeper card is the Chase Ritz-Carlton card. Now, this comes with a whopping $450 annual fee, but what do you get each year that you pay this fee? You get a 
85,000-point Freenet certificate worth at least $600. Sometimes you can get several thousand dollars worth of value if you use it right, uh, but a conservative estimate is $600 or more. Uh, this can also be topped off with 15,000 extra points to use it at one of their ultra-premium luxury properties up to 100,000 points per night. In addition to that very valuable free night certificate, you get $300 annual travel credit to cover airline incidentals such as bag fees, seat upgrades, lounge passes, and in-flight food and beverages. You get Priority Pass Select Membership, and this one comes with the best of the Priority Passes, which includes both lounge and restaurant access for unlimited guests. So all the people you want to invite with you into the restaurant each get $28 per person to spend. This is much better than the Priority Pass offered by other cards. For instance, Amex Platinum cards give a Priority Pass, but they don't allow you to use them at restaurants and I believe don't allow any free guests. Another amazing thing about the Ritz card is it allows a limited number of authorized users for free. Most cards, especially the premium cards, where the authorized user is getting some benefits, charge a fee, sometimes several hundred dollars, as in the case of the Amex Platinum card, to add authorized users and get them a card. Now, each authorized user added to your Ritz card can get their own Priority Pass card, which allows anyone you want to get the premium Priority Pass with unlimited guests and restaurant access, and they can enjoy that premium benefit even when they are traveling without you. So one idea is to add people to your Ritz card. You don't necessarily have to give them the Ritz card, and therefore they're not going to be charging anything to your account, uh, but you can then sign them up for this premium priority pass, allowing them unlimited guests to restaurants for free. Now, why is this a secret Chase Keeper card? Well, it's because... You can't sign up for the card. It's not available to new customers anymore. You have to do a backdoor route, much like a backdoor Roth IRA, where you contribute your funds initially into a regular traditional IRA and then transfer that money into a Roth IRA. Just like that, you first have to get a different card. Specifically, one of the Chase Personal Marriott cards. After one year, you can then upgrade that card to the Chase Ritz Carlton card. Now, the timing on this is important. After about one year of having your standard Marriott card, your annual fee will come due. And if you pay that annual fee, you will get a 35 thousand point free night certificate, assuming it's the boundless card. After that hits your account, you can then call, upgrade the card. You will then get the 
85,000 point free night certificate with the Chase Ritz-Carlton card, meaning you will get both free night certificates that first year that you upgrade. And it's actually a really good time to start your journey towards the Chase Ritz-Carlton card because the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless card is actually at a record-tying high bonus right now. Currently, if you get the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless card and you spend $5,000 in the first three months, you will get five 50,000-point free night certificates. I'll leave a link to the offer that gives you five free night certificates. This isn't a referral link. Uh, I don't get anything if you click through this. I just put it there for your convenience. Uh, But I'll leave the link for the five free night certificates because if you go directly to Chase or if you use referral links, at least all the referral links that I've seen, uh, they will only be offering you three free night certificates. So make sure you find a link that offers the five. And again, I'm going to try to leave a link that offers five in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, I want to recognize that uh, even these long-term keeper cards, you might want to consider canceling after you have had it for a couple years and then you are again eligible for a new sign-up bonus. So maybe you have that Hyatt personal card and you've had it for a couple years and now you're eligible for a new sign-up bonus. Well, a new sign-up bonus is likely going to be much more valuable than that single free night certificate that you get by just simply keeping the card. So if you have a keeper card where you are eligible again for the sign-up bonus, consider canceling it, waiting a month or so, and then signing up again to get the sign-up bonus. Again, look at the details of how long you have to wait between sign-up bonuses or after canceling a card and signing up for a new card because it's it's different between a lot of the cards. And so look at the details of your specific card to see if that is something you want to do. Now, I will say, don't do this with the Chase Ritz-Carlton card because at any point in the future, this upgrade pathway may go away. So once you have your hands on this Chase Ritz-Carlton card, Uh, You want to hold on to it for dear life as long as these amazing benefits are still coming with the card. That's it for today's episode. Again, if you got any value from today's episode, I would encourage you to take a moment and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you are using. I also want to thank the band The Dawn for the use of their song 1984 as the intro and outro of today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great day. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.